0: Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco
1: Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So we are in the special time of year where things get exciting, where you can feel the anticipation rising. We are um, recording um, less than two weeks from WWDC. And, uh, it's an exciting, I will say slightly an awkward time of year for me sometimes where I never know what to work on because I don't want to start anything new or big because <laughs> in less than, less than two weeks, uh, you know, I'll get my marching orders essentially for the rest of the summer. Um, but I'm excited nevertheless. And I think this year especially, I can have a slightly more, uh, concentrated, straightforward bit of excitement because I sort of know what to expect. Last year, um, where WDC was virtual for the first time ever, it was a strange feeling and not knowing what to expect, how it would go, how I would feel about it. Uh, a lot of those feelings were a bit more complicated. Whereas this year, I had a tremendous experience. Last year, I thought it was the best WDC probably. Um, you know, certainly in recent in recent years, I really enjoyed it. I think it works really well for so many aspects of the conference and. Um, so I thought this year, uh, what we can do as the episode before WDC is to try and outline really what are the things that kind of allow you to make the most of WDC. Um, and I think there's some things that I learned from last year and there's just some general tips that I think, um, are helpful to help you sort of make the most of it. Because one of the weird aspects of a totally virtual WDC is you, it's sort of, it's on you for how much you get out of the, um conference and that is very much up to you your efforts your intentions the time you dedicate to it etc in a way that if you were physically on site there was a lot of sort of almost like scaffolding around your time that it would you know there be places to be at particular times and then you'd go and do a thing or you know the lab is open from 10 to 2 and so you need to go from 10 to 2 um, whereas when it's on your own and it's much more virtual, that's on you. And I will say I think the biggest sort of number one tip is to understand that you will get out of this week um sort of the effort you put into it. And so if you go in and just kind of like casually watch some videos and do some things, like, great, that's what you want. That's That's awesome. But you can get a lot more out of this. You can learn a lot more. You can – um, sort of get a lot more progress towards your projects that you're going to work on over the summer, and you can be in a better place um, at the end of the week if you are thoughtful, intentional, um, and sort of give it attention in a thoughtful way.
0: Yeah, this is one area where I have often struggled of like because it, it, in a way, being at the, in, the in-person conference versus you, you know, the, the new virtual format, or at least the current virtual format, in a way it's kind of like you know schoolwork versus homework. Like when you're in school, you are scheduled. You you know you can go to each class. You have to go to each class ostensibly, um, and and you you know you have this these forty minute blocks where you're going to be here and you're going to be able to do this work. And you know if you can whatever you're assigned to do during the school day, if you're a slacker like me, it's pretty easy to do because it's like right there in person and the person's telling you to do it. Whereas once you get to homework, it's so easy to procrastinate or forget or slack off. And to me, like that's the challenge when with the virtual conference. That being said, the difference between in-person and virtual is very similar to the difference between being there but not having a ticket or, you know, following along from home and not having a ticket to the in-person venue v- versus being there and having a ticket and going, you know, and, and because I haven't, I, I didn't have a ticket for most of the last couple of years, uh, just will you know willingly because i wasn't i wasn't getting a lot out of the in person stuff and i kept having all these like engagements to do in person you know during that week um i was kind of like self-guided already that being said i'm i'm terrible at being self-guided um and the other thing to me like this year i i feel i'm a little like apprehensive about it for a couple of reasons I mean, number 1 I'm not feeling great about Apple's attitude towards developers because of all the you know various PR blunders they've had and the epic trial comments they've made and all. I mean, the the image Apple is presenting of how much they value us is extremely damaged right now. It's like it, they couldn't have done a, a worse job to damage you know what it, the, the the view that we have of of what they think of us um, because it sure seems like they don't they don't value us as much as they like they like to say. Um, and and I hope that's wrong, but certainly that's that that is the clear position of the leadership of the company, uh, regardless of what the what the you know other people in the company think. It's a big company, but the leadership very clearly does not value us a, as much as they like to say, um, and and that's that's a shame, and, and that's kind of weighing me down, uh, you know, attitude wise. But also, you know, from a more technical side, um, I feel better about where I am going into this than I did last year. You know, last year. I was falling behind uh, so in so many areas. I mean, you know, the because of what was going on in the world, you know, we all kind of had weird work years, um, and I was my app was falling behind in technical debt. And the thing is, like, when WDC comes around, I feel like whatever technical debt you already have, I feel like they then build another story on top. Sure. Because <laughs> what they what they say is like, all right, here's a bunch of new stuff, and we're going to be building up here in the stratosphere. And if you're, like, down in the basement still working on your old technical debt, like too bad we we have now raised the bar even higher there's now going to be even more new APIs that you won't be able to use unless you pay off that technical debt there's going to be you know even greater better stuff that customers will demand that's going to be harder for you to integrate if you're still re- requiring you know iOS 9 or whatever you know like there's or you know if you haven't moved to the new you know scene delicate API or if you if you aren't fully using swift yet or swift UI like there's always like they always build on top and so if you're in a bad place going into it with tech debt, it usually just makes you feel even worse. And last year I was in a very bad place with that. And I did not feel good <laughs> going through the week, seeing all the stuff that like, oh crap, for me to actually use this or to get to the point where I need to be to use this, I'm going to have to do way more work than somebody who was starting out fresh. Um, this year, I feel better about that going into it. like this year. I feel like Overcast is in a much better place. I have way more Swift. I have the the scene delegate stuff. I'm, I've I was able to adopt new extension stuff. You know, partway through the year because I have basically spent the last year paying off old technical debt, migrating much of old code to new code and new APIs and stuff, and and you know, moving the baseline forward and moving the underlying structure of the app forward. So that now I'm I'm still not in a great place in in that area but I'm in a much better place this year than I was last year. And I'm much more ready now to be able to adopt new stuff, even though I still like (laughs) what I was working on this week widgets. Yep. From last year, I just started working on those like three days ago because I didn't have the infrastructure in place to do it until now. And what else I need to work on soon is the iOS 14 CarPlay enhancements, which again came out a year ago. uh, But, I haven't gotten to them yet and and there's there's all sorts of stuff like that that uh, you know my technical debt prevented me from working on until now but I still have to do it and, and I'll be in a better place for next year I guess
1: and I will say I think it's maybe like a, like a mini a mini tip related to what you're just saying there is I feel like something that I've gotten stuck on in the past is trying to like view the WDC announcements in terms of what I'm going to have to do to my apps to adopt them. Um, in terms of that, you know, oh, I need to pay off this technical debt in order b- before I could adopt this, or I need to do these things. And I think something that I found is for the week of WWDC itself, trying to have the mindset that, um, there is no debt to pay off. Like, like you're coming in with a, either a fresh app or everything's done and you're all ready to go. Um, and trying to view your apps through that perspective. Cause otherwise I found myself getting stuck in these kind of weird, like, oh, I don't know how to adopt this, or I go and I open up you know, rather than using a, like a sample project to just test out a feature or an API, I open up my main app and try and do it in there. And it's like, there's all kinds of problems and deprecation warnings <laughs> and things start happening. This and is it's my like, life. Yeah, but but like for the week of dub dub, what you should do is instead just try to just your goal there is just to learn the new stuff, not necessarily to worry about what this is actually going to mean. Where like the Monday after WWDC week, where you have to actually do it, like that's the part where it might be harsh. But if you get stuck there and you then you don't have the ability to. You know, interact with people in labs or take advantage of some of the things that um, are available that week, like you've kind of missed out. And that's a mistake that I've made in the past where I spend too much time worrying about what this is actually going to do rather than trying to focus on just learning the thing. Um, That's really smart. So, just a little, I think something that I've made that mistake many times. Cause it is kind of cool. I mean, I, I it's, it's fun and weird way to feel like, I feel like I've done enough WDCs that I feel I have some, some, some degree of competence about saying what to do during these. Cause I think this is going to be 13 for me, I think, 13 or 14 since 2009. Um, and so, yeah, it's a weird thing. But the first thing that I wanted to, sort of transition like transitioning to, I have a whole sort of laundry list of things that I do around WDC. And I think the first thing that I wanted to mention is, Two things you should have done before the week starts is have a test device plan. Um, have, so inevitably we are going to get a bunch of new iOS devices. We're going to get, or an iOS, uh, OS versions, and so we're going to get you know a new version of probably iOS fifteen, watch OS eight, etc. And something that I think is important is before that week, work out what devices you're going to put those on, and these should not ideally be your primary devices, and mostly because while some years it's fine and some years it isn't, you won't know if it's going to be fine or if it isn't until you know sort of late in the week after people have done this for a while. And so choose a device like I'm you know have an iPhone that I've decided is going to be it. It's paired to an Apple Watch that is going to be my testing Apple Watch, and like that's a set. It's, it's just something that I don't need to be scrambling to find on you know Monday afternoon. Um, it's something that I've decided ahead of time, and I have a plan for it. And similarly, ahead of time, I think it's important to try to start thinking about questions you may have um, for labs. So you know, issues with APIs that you've run into, or problems you've had, or things you'd like to discuss with a um, a person. Um, the best the best time to be gathering that is ahead of the conference as you're working as you run into things have in the back of your mind is this something that i wish i could ask someone at apple about and if it is write it down and sort of build that list up ahead of time um there'll be things that obviously come out of the conference that you want to ask them about the new stuff but if there's anything from the old existing stuff the the time to be gathering the first parts of those that list is you know now not um on the you know the the thursday or friday of wdc like that's you're putting yourself at a disadvantage if you do that
0: yeah, the only thing I'll add on on the um, the test devices side is and and that's you know it's a very common pattern among like other developers I know where like you know we'd be sitting in Moscone Center for past everybody in San Francisco and and uh, they would announce the stuff in the keynote and we'd get beta ones and everybody would think like I'm I'm not I am not going to need to install the beta this year like I'll I'll wait a few releases till it's safe and then I'll install all my stuff. And then whatever they announce in the keynote everyone's like oh my god i gotta have it right now i have to test this it's super important to my app or i'm just super curious as a fan or as a, pe- a member of the press or something and then everybody goes down the street to that apple store that's done down the street from Moscone in san francisco and they all go buy ipod touches or iP- or like basic ipads or whatever sure. <laughs> all right I, ha- I had to do this <laughs> so yeah it does help to have uh, to have a plan but the only downside there is that if you have maybe a cross-platform app, like, you know, for me, I, I could theoretically have a need for definitely, a, you know, a phone or iPod Touch, um, but maybe also an iPad or an Apple Watch or who knows, an Apple TV guy, you know, who knows what they, what they announce, right? <laughs> and, and so you don't really know what you need to bring if you have a cross-platform app. Uh, and also they might announce something that's so cool that allows you to make a brand new app. I don't know if you've been familiar with this uh, phenomenon,
1: Dave. Um, yeah, I've, I've, but, I've heard that some people like making new apps. Yes. I'm, I'm not one of those people, but I you know, I've heard some people.
0: Well, you know, them. occasionally it pays off to be there on day one with yeah. some new new you know, feature that they've... <laughs> they've it can be useful, I've heard. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, the problem is, like, you don't really know what device family that you might need test hardware for, <laughs> necessarily. Sure. So uh, if you have a bunch of old devices, like, bring one of everything. Uh, if not be prepared to either endure beta one on your stuff or be prepared to go to an apple store like on monday <laughs> and, and actually buy one
1: <laughs> yeah and i mean but it, yeah but it's it's just one of the things think about it now i think is, is the main thing and so you do, do you have a plan and it's certainly the advantage of being at home is that it's not like a situation where oh what am i going to bring to california um it's just it's nice that that's like i can you know I have all my devices at home and if something comes up that I wasn't expecting I can certainly you know go into my cupboard full of old random hardware and hopefully find something or more easily acquire it and, and
0: if you need to buy new hardware um, you don't necessarily need to go buy the flagship thing from an Apple store like you can this was a p- fantastic use for like refurbished stuff from Amazon that's super cheap that's maybe like one or two generations back you'd be surprised especially you know things like you know like Apple watches like you'd be surprised how inexpensive they are if you get a like you know, kind of third-party refurb or renewed one. Uh, and you don't need it to be perfect because it's just a test device. You know, it can be whatever you need it to be. And, and, so you, and, you, and then you can also use that opportunity to, like, maybe get a different screen size than the thing you usually get just to have, like, even more test coverage, you know, in the, in the future. So it's, it's a good opportunity to kind of branch out and, you know, pick up some weird cheap variant that you might not have gotten, you know, for yourself brand new. We are brought to you this week by Pingdom from SolarWinds. While you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? Maybe customers couldn't click that buy button or fill out your trial form, and you might just kind of discover it by luck, like refreshing your own site, but that means you've already lost out on new customers. You need something to tell you everything is running smoothly on your site, and more importantly, you need to tell you when it's not running smoothly, and that is Pingdom. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages every day. Some of those are occasionally mine, because I use it, and I've used Pingdom now for... I think about a decade <laughs> just for a long time and, uh, and it's been wonderful the whole time for as low as $10 a month Pingdom helps keep your sites online it doesn't matter if you're a startup or a massive company you need real time alerts about critical websites issues and you can customize how you're alerted whether it's via SMS or email or your team's collaboration apps Pingdom even tracks and analyzes your website's load times. so you can see what's affecting the user experience so if you have a website you need Pingdom take charge of monitoring your site in minutes. Go to Pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use the code RADAR at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and Relay FM.
1: So now that I think we can actually get into the actual week itself and talk through kind of what a virtual WDC is like, and I think sort of the various parts of it and ways to take, take most advantage of it. And I think the first thing is obviously on, um, Monday, uh, at 10 a.m. Pacific, um, is going to be the keynote. They've announced that and it's not a surprise, but that's, it's good to know that that's the same. And I think something that I will say my own little tip around the keynote is to try and just enjoy it and look for themes rather than getting too stuck in the weeds, um, Sometimes I feel like I've spent I spend too much time on a keynote trying to like furiously take notes or things, and it's like ultimately the video is going to be available essentially right afterwards, so you can go back and reference something if you need to. And most of the value of that keynote is about Apple kind of giving their big sort of their big goals for the year, and so try and take the themes in and enjoy it. Um, rather than getting stuck in the weeds whereas like the state of the union which is a few hours later is in-depth and that's something that I feel like taking lots of notes and getting more into the like into the nuts and bolts of it is very appropriate and useful but I think I' have found that keynote just sit back and you know sort of like I watch the keynote on the sofa I watch the state of the union at my desk um, is sort of like it's conceptually the way that I do that usually um, and I found that to be very helpful
0: yeah, I like that because like the keynote is, much more of a like marketing presentation that is partly for developers, partly for the public and, and the press. And the State of the Union is really like, okay, developers, now let's get into nitty-gritty. Like, here's, here's some more stuff and more detail on all this cool stuff and all those things that we showed
1: off. Yeah and so i think that's just something that'd be useful but obviously the majority of the videos and the content of the, of the conference is going to come in the form of actual session videos and you know so after the keynote they'll usually you know release the new versions of xcodes and the new ios and watchos versions and all that and that's great go ahead and download those start playing with them um but the actual like how to use these new apis because it's you know it's all well and good if you can get this big api diff that says like here's these new frameworks or here's these new methods like that's that's useful i suppose but the actual knowing how to use them or why they're built that way need the videos for and um, what apple did last year and i expect based on how they've described it'll be similar this year is you know tuesday through friday in the morning pacific i think last year it was about 10 a.m pacific um, which is just useful to know depending on what your time zone is you know like you may need to create you know shift your day earlier or later to accommodate that but around sometime in the morning pacific there'll be a big drop of videos um I think they've said there's going to be over 200 this year. So, you know, you imagine, you know, it's like 200 divided by four. It's like 50 videos a day. So there's going to be a lot of videos that need to you sort of need you to look at. Um And for those videos, one nice thing about the way, you know, virtual WDC is their, their length is very variable. Some of the videos will be just a few minutes long and some of them will be very long depending on the the subject matter and the content.
0: I love that, um, by the way like yeah, I like just amazing old WDC like you know when you go in the session it's like well the session is going to be 40 minutes long and maybe they might finish early if it's like you know it's if it's a pretty light of content but like you could tell they had to like pad some things that just didn't need that much time and they would so they would pad it with like more demos or or whatever and it's like no like I I love this new format that it just they take as much time as they need and
1: that's it yeah and i think along those lines the some things that i found really helpful one is um that they're all they all come with a full transcript. Uh, and this is a great sort of ad- advantage of these being pre-recorded is there's a full transcript, which is useful. I'm sure if it's difficult for you to hear them, but also I find it super helpful to jump around. Um, and I can, you know, sort of search for a topic that I'm interested in and try and find what, you know, where that's spoken about and go jump to that place. Um, you can listen to them or watch them at two times speed if you want or faster or slower, um, which is something that I find sometimes really helpful to kind of zoom through some content be like I'm not sure if I actually need there's anything in here for me and I'll speed it up and just kind of blast through it um, and I can it's nice that you can jump around and that's something that was always kind of you know or like you know or also just give up and if you start watching a video and you're like I don't think this is for me um, it's nice to be able to just sort of give up and maybe you'll watch it later maybe you won't but it's not like you're standing up in the middle of the you know the session and walking out on someone which is a little rude. Um, and an app that I found that is super helpful for this. So Guy Rambo, the, of spelunking fame of the Stacktrace podcast fame. Um, he is, he has made a sort of a Mac app called wdc.app, which I have used every year. And it's tremendous for, um, lets you just kind of like favorite and keep track of what you've watched and not watched, um, of all the session videos. I'll have a link to it in the show notes, but I just find it super helpful. Um, just so you know, you can go and do this in the developer app. You can do it on the website. But I really, you know, I tend to try and sort of watch some amount of every video that has any relevance to me. And so kind of lets me build a little bit of a watch queue and make sure that there's in some video that I've, you know, neglected to see because I just forgot about it or I didn't, or I lost it. And so I can just sort of like mark the ones that I've watched or the ones that I'm interested in. And if it's something I'm never interested in, I'll just say, you know, mark it as though I've watched it. Um, and then I don't, you know, but I, I don't have to sort of know that I can move on from that one.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really great because that's, that's one challenge. Like when, when you do have these just massive drops of everything all at once, uh, it's kind of hard to know like, all right, where do I start first of all? And then what I want to watch next. And you know when there was like space throughout the day, you kind of go through the schedule and like heart certain ones and everything. But now that it's kind of just dumped all at once every day, it's, it's, it's easier to miss stuff. And it's always worth watching, like you know, the, the the basic thing is like you know what's new in networking or whatever, because like every app uses that, like, and and you never know what you're going to find that is you know that's going to be potentially very useful to you, and, and 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 not to make this about documentation this week, but but you know the Apple documentation recently has been so terrible in, in a lot of ways um, that it's really nice to watch those videos for anything that you might, that might be relevant to you because a lot of times there's really important information in there that never makes it into the documentation and just little remarks that the speaker might make or like one bullet point on the slide about some behavior or some limit or, you know, something like that. And it's really good to know that stuff.
1: Yeah. And I think along those lines too, there's very often a video that is the like outline video for a particular area of the OS. So there might be like a what's new in watch OS say, and it will give you the uh, high level run through of like what's new in complications, what's new in, um, you know, the actual apps themselves, what's new in workout processing, what's new in background audio, like whatever that is, like there's often that kind of a video. And I always recommend trying to find, if there is one of those, watch that first rather than necessarily diving into the details because it gives you a good sweeping view and it knows where you look. And they'll often have like, you know, if you want to know more about this, go watch, you know, session 607, which is, you know, what's new in complications or something. Um, and that will be a useful, just like introduction to it. And so Apple does a little bit of scaffolding for us. Um, you saw like the State of the Union sort of in some ways fans out to a couple of these high-level videos, which then go into the detailed ones. And so just something to keep in mind that, you know, if you watch, if you're, all you're watching is the super detailed ones, it may be harder for you to keep track of kind of where this fits into the broader picture of this year. Next thing um, Apple announced this year, which I just want to mention was kind of odd. Uh, they've said that they're going to do this thing called lounges, which sounds like text-based um, chat Almost with, um, Apple employees, it's kind of unclear as to what exactly this is, but, um, you have to sign up for it on June 1st, um, which is, you know, the week before WBC. So that's just something I wanted to draw people's attention to that a lot of the things, if you're going to, you know, sign up for a lab or a special event or something, the signups for that are all, um, you know, starting uh, the week of WBC. But for the lounges, it starts June 1st. So, um, sign up for that. I don't really know what to expect. I'm going to try sign up because. Sounds great, but um, that's just something that I wanted to point out. Um, but the main way that you will typically interact with people um, during the conference uh, at Apple is going to be through the Dev forums and through Labs. So you watch all these videos and you hopefully learn the new you know the new APIs, the things you're excited about, and then you have two ways to directly kind of talk to people at Apple. And the first one is uh, the Dev forums, which <laughs> the Dev forums are are, are a a useful but often frustrating place um or the week of WBDC. And I think the biggest thing that I would say with that they are useful for is if you're hitting something that feels like you're using an API in a way that you think it's supposed to be used but it isn't working, mentioning that in the dev forms or surging the dev forms is a place that you kind of get the like, is this happening for everybody or just for me? And it, it lets you kind of diagnose if you, you know if you go there and you say like I'm hitting this weird error message when I'm doing this. And then you know you get five other people saying, I'm having it too. The good chance it's just a bug in beta 1 and it's not something that you know, like like move on don't don't get stuck on that um and also someone from apple may um come in and you know sort of assert that and also just expect that many times in those circumstances someone's just going to say please file a feedback about that um and that's just sort of what it is but i have found that at least last year the dev forms were very actively monitored by Um, the engineers at Apple. Like it seemed like I was getting responses to things from people at Apple somewhat in not like not real time, but in, you know, very, very, if I had posted a problem, it would be fairly quickly responded to. So um, something that, you know, isn't necessarily true the rest of the year, but I think the week of WWDC, I imagine they, you know, they're dedicated in staff and effort to making sure that the people get um, fast responses to that. So just, you know, if the forms have been frustrating in the past, the week of WDC, maybe give them another try. Um, and then the other way you can interact with people is through the labs. So, in in person WGC, this is very much a thing, you know, you go into this giant room and you go to a particular desk and you talk to the engineer um, of a particular API. And it's lovely. I've had tremendous value from that um, over the years. And I think last year, the biggest concern I had going into a virtual one is that the labs experience wouldn't really be there and it would be kind of a big, you know, sort of the whole from the experience. And I found last year the Labs were great. Um, if anything, they were somewhat better because they are scheduled. So typically, at least what they did last year is you submit a request to go to a lab and you have to typically submit a set of questions along with that. And so this is something that um, I think I don't know if it's necessarily for prioritization, but probably moreover is about getting the right person in the lab for you. So if you have a very specific question about a specific API, they may be able to have the engineer who wrote that API do a lab with you. Um, and the labs were done. I think it was over like WebEx or some, some like very, some very corporate, um, uh, you know, screen sharing, um, video chat tool. Um, and it was great. I had, you know, I did, I think three or four of them last year and they were, you know, they took as long as they needed, but they were, people were very patient and it was, you know, because I'd provided the questions ahead of time, I had exactly the right people there to answer my questions. Um, and I was able to sort of do a screen sharing which was really helpful so I would you know ahead of what I'd done ahead of time which I highly recommend is have a sort of example project of the problem that you're running into in Xcode, all you know, ready to go. You start your lab, and then you can just sort of do a screen share, and you can show them the problem that you're having. And I found that was so helpful for letting them diagnose what the issue was or giving me advice. And it was able to be very specific um, because if you, the more specific your question can be, I think the more specific their answer is going to be able to be. And if you're just kind of giving these like, it doesn't seem like this API works very well, it's like, well okay that's not particularly helpful so there's not much <laughs> they can do about it so but if you can be specific like in this case is, the, is this expected is this something wrong or is there some better way to do something um, and they're going to be able to do that and I would say I was you know sort of, I didn't expect there to be a lot of a, availability for this but from what I heard generally speaking the people did not take advantage of the labs um, nearly as much as they should have last year and there was lots of you know if, if it wasn't like oh they only had 100 slots and you know they had 500 people signing up for them. It's like it sounded like it was the other way around. So if you have questions, if you want to engage with someone in Apple, like go ahead and try it. I mean the worst thing they'll do is they say they'll say no, but um, understand that that's probably, at least last year, that was fine. And I will say though, make sure that you are polite, patient, and realize the limits that the engineers are under, that they're not going to be able to tell you about future hardware. They're not going to be able to tell you things about, that are happening in the future. And there's limits to what they can talk to talk about. And so be realistic and understanding about that. And also just be polite. And if they're, you know, if the answer is no and you would think it should be yes, like, Understand that that's probably not their choice. It may be something that's you know, sort of being put on them, and so just be polite about that and patient with the understanding that their engineers, for the most part, they're just they're doing their jobs, and so just be respectful of them as a result.
0: Yeah, to me, like I think two things about this are very time sensitive. Number, you know, all the session videos and everything; those are all going to be up for the rest of time. So, like, you can you can delay some of those if you need to for time. What is ex- exclusive to this time right now is lab availability. Uh, because like you can only reach these people at certain times of the year very easily. And uh, the rest of the year, it's much harder. And the attention to which is paid to bug reports (laughs) like, like, and so focus your time on like, you know, generating as many bug reports as you can for things that are important to you and your apps or, and or, you know, prepare something very quickly for the labs because the labs are going to happen that week and that's it. And so that's, that's where you should be focusing as much of your time as possible.
1: Yeah, And I think beyond that, it's just a question of have fun, like enjoy it. Like I, you know, I've made, sort of cleared my schedule. I've made sure that um, in this, in, some, in some ways, it's like my parents, my, my, my family's expecting that, like, it's almost like I'm going to California, even though I'm not going to California, that I'm going to be focused on work. It's like I'm doing a staycation kind of like situation. And I expect to just enjoy it and, you know, really engage in the week and have fun. And at the end of it, hopefully have learned some things and have some exciting new projects to work on, you know, for the summer.
0: Best of luck, everybody, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.